The spring season has come to an end and we'll be looking back over the last two games of the season on this episode of the FCPS show. Welcome to the FCPS show, the podcast all about Austria's fan-owned football club, FC Pinscout Saalfelden. The spring season is finally done. It's come to its conclusion here in the uh, the Austrian summer. We had one last home game against Bischofshofen and we concluded with an away game against Anif. Lee is here with me and uh, the two of us will be looking back over those two final games of the season for this episode of the podcast. How are you doing, Lee? Yeah, I'm good. It's uh, it feels it feels strange finally to have finished a full season. Obviously, we've been waiting a few years for that due to the pandemic, but we've we finally got through a season, and it's been it's been a ride, Tom. I think it has. It's so strange, isn't it, with the season divided into the sort of the autumn and then a massive winter break, and then the spring season as well. And I think we all know by now, like FCBS never really clicked into gear, did they, in the spring season? But we got one last chance to visit them at home at the beautiful Saalfelden Arena. And thankfully, uh, all three of us, you know, there's myself, Tom, there's you, Lee, and Simon as well. We all managed to uh, get down to Saalfelden to to enjoy the final, uh, the home finale properly, didn't we? And it was a game against Inform Bischofshofen. And I was pretty nervous about that one, considering, you know, we've sort of lost our magic at home. Bischofshofen were really on a fantastic run of form. However, my uh, my nerves were were unfounded and we got to commentate on FCPS 4, Bischofshofen 1, one of the, one of the highlights of the season, really. Yeah, I think this just proved once and for all the total unpredictability of the Salzburger Regionalliga. You can never say what's going to happen when it looks like all the signs are pointing towards one team. Invariably, the other team wins. As you say, Bischofsoffen were the league's informed team uh, at, at the time going into the game. I think four wins and a draw or something out of, their, out of the last five games. And I was expecting a really tough challenge. The two Ukrainians... Uh, that have joined uh, since since the war broke out um, in February have really had uh, quite a quite a big impact on the team, and I was I was I was nervous as you say, and you know after falling behind to a a goal that was the result of a defensive mix up relatively early on, I did I did fear for for FCPS, but they came back and they came back in style. Yeah, and it was one of the Ukrainians, Halinko, who tapped in for Bischofsoffen's opener. And as has very much been a, a repeat story for us here on the podcast, a repeat story for Pinskow this season. Um, they played very well. Pinskow created a lot of chances in the early stage of the game. And then lo and behold, one ball down the left flank. Um, as you say, a bit of a defensive mix-up, just a, a small positional error. It wasn't much. And then uh, somebody caught out of position. One simple punt down the left-hand flank, and then there were two Bischoffs off and forwards going uh, into the box pretty much on their own and nothing that, that Kilian Schrecker could do because it was either one of them has a tap-in or he passes to the other one for a tap-in, as it was. It was Halenka. So yes, the Ukrainian players have been 
very efficient for Bishop Sofen since joining. Uh, great story. We talked about that a lot on the live commentary, so I won't go into it too much. But, you know, they've been housed and, and put up and, and welcomed in the community by Bishop Sofen. I think that's brilliant. Um, I know some Ukrainian players did try and get in touch with, with Pinskow as well at the start of the season. I'm not sure what happened uh, communication wise, but I just think as a club, it would have been a really nice thing for us to be open to. And Bishop Sofen did it as well. It was it was great for them. It was great for the players who got to come over and they rewarded Bishop Sofen and they rewarded the, the trust that was placed in them by performing fantastically throughout the season or throughout the end of the season and ensuring that Bischoff Soffen finished the season very strongly indeed. However, it was Pinsgau who were the stronger, as you mentioned, once they went 1-0 down. Uh, credit to FC Pinsgau and, and Ziegers 11 because they didn't lose their heads at all, did they? And, and they really pushed back and actually turned it around to 2-1 very quickly, which was very pleasing to see. Yeah, it didn't really seem to disrupt their rhythm too much falling a goal behind Elion. Um, and again, once again, it's those players uh, on the wings, the fullbacks that, that provided the route back into the game for us for both of the first two goals. It's been a delight watching both of them this season. Obviously, we've known for a while what Felix Ajay can do, but Arnold Benedek at right back has come in and he's been a real real breath of fresh air there, I think. he's He obviously had big shoes to fill with Sasa Kitahara departing over the winter break, but watching both of them and both of their deliveries, absolute pinpoint in this game, starting with... Felix setting up Tamas Tandari for, for yet another goal on a, a goal-laden campaign. Yes, Ajay's free kick. Uh, we said, you know, we've said a lot of times how important the set pieces are and Pinskow haven't always been able to deal with those. Often the assists from Benedek and Ajay have come from open play, but this one was from a set piece uh, headed in beautifully by Tandari for one all. And uh, very shortly afterwards, there was almost a carbon copy when Benedek whipped one in from the right-hand side. That was in open play and not from a free kick, but it was uh, it was then headed in to his own goal by Branko Oydenic, the centre-back from Bischofshofen. So uh, I think Pinskow and Tandari would have uh, would have been there to score anyway, but Oydenic was the unlucky one who put it into the into his own net. But um, that was just very positive to see Pinskow turning that around and and uh, not letting the heads drop after after suffering, you know, with the the goal against the run of play. But then it was Bischoff Soffen's turn, wasn't it? After they themselves fell 2-1 down, suddenly they came back and uh, forced Kilian Schröcker into a lot of action before the half-time whistle. Yeah, there were a few excellent saves from Kilian, as we've, we've, we've come to know from him. Uh, excellent shot-stopping skills. But there are also a few very dangerous low balls flashed across the face of goal. And you're almost waiting for the net to bulge. There's got to be a player coming in there at the back post somehow. Two, two notable occasions in particular where the ball ultimately just trickled past the back post. And that was a bit of a let-off. But I don't feel that it would have been overly just for, for Bishop often to to equalise. I do I do feel like Pinsgal were on the front foot in the ascendancy, whatever a piece of football jargon you want to use to indicate <laughs> Dom. But they they really were the better team. And, and so it proves to be with the final score in the end. And I think, I think, you know, recency bias is always a factor, but I do think that that goal, the third goal, set up by Strike Visa and tapped in by Tandari is probably one of my favourite goals of the season because... You see a lot in the in the third tier of Austrian football, which we're in, you see lots of headers, um, lots of kind of scrappy goals, but a real intricate passing move in close confines like that is something that you don't see that often. And we haven't seen that much from FCPS this season. So I really, really enjoyed that. Took a lot of satisfaction from watching that goal. Yeah, it was a real sign of confidence and Pinsgau having weathered the storm of Bischofshofen's attacks. And as you mentioned, a couple of great saves, a couple of chances where you really felt that Bischofshofen 
should have scored. I think on one occasion, definitely there was a, a huge miss. I think it might have been goal scorer Halenko who put one wide at the back post where the goal was just open to tap into. But yes, as you alluded to, you know, Pinskow probably had the, the upper hand, actually. They had the better of it. So 2-2 would have felt a bit harsh. And then suddenly, instead of 2-2, we were talking about 3-1. Vadze got the ball and the lovely one too. the passing into the box was Streitwieser and then the ball across finished by Tandari, uh, a crowning achievement for Tandari uh, moving up, you know, with another goal uh, more on that because that wasn't his last for the, for the uh, season, but it was his last for the day because the fourth goal fell to uh, Lucas Moosman, who's uh, made a bit of a habit of that in the last few weeks of nodding in uh, the, the crosses very well. He's, Obviously got a good aerial presence, but um, we haven't seen him in the box to use it all that much. But a bit of good confidence for him to to nod another one in and Pinskow just stretching away, you know, running away with it on the scoreboard at 4-1 and um, completing an excellent victory. There was a bit of sort of bad blood. Bischoff's often had a man sent off. They didn't seem to understand why, but uh, Said Daniel Lambe was sent off for a second yellow card. And there was a big altercation with the manager, with the, the referee, who was a Bundesliga referee, by the way. Uh, the Bundesliga season had finished. He was able to then come down and referee in the Salzburg Regional League. But um, yes, the red card was actually given for a second yellow for kicking the ball away, um, not on the not for the challenge on um, Jonas Schweikhofer that left him on the ground. So they were that was right in front of the Bischoff's off bench. They were a bit unsure as to why a second yellow had been given. But the referee motioned uh, for you know kicking and I, I wasn't sure what that meant at the time but when I saw it on the highlights afterwards it was easier to see that it was quite clearly after the whistle uh, Lambe booted the ball away and that is what earned him a second yellow and that is why uh, Bischoff's often were uh, they were feeling a bit hard done by at half time at uh, full time sorry yeah um, I didn't really see too much of the incident live as it happened and it was only upon watching it back but I think Jonas Schweikoffer, who was the player involved on the FCPS side, is not the kind of player that, that goes down and makes a fuss about nothing. I spoke I spoke to him after the game and he said, this happens sometimes, it's football, he was frustrated. And, you know, we've seen Jonas get sent off this season for, for similar things. So um, this time he was on the right end of it. I think he got sent off for diving actually a few months ago. So uh, so let's not talk too much about that. But yes, this occasion, there was no dive. It was a clear foul and the ball was booted away for the red card. But yes, a great response to falling behind. It was a great celebratory atmosphere for us to, to enjoy as well. You know, anyone who was at the South Eldon Arena on that day would have really enjoyed closing out the season at home on, on a massive high. So th- that at least was a, a big positive point for FC Pinsgau in what has been overall a bit of an underwhelming spring. So I was really happy just for everyone, just for the players, for, for the manager, for, for everyone at the club uh, and for us as well to be there. You know, it was a much nicer experience for us too. And I'm, I'm just really glad that we could finish off with uh, a resounding 4-1 win at home. Unfortunately, even despite that result, um, as has been so often the case this season, late, late goals elsewhere. Not that we needed to be looking at other results, but um, Sikirchen were dropping points and the league title win would have theoretically still been possible. But uh, late, late goals for Sikirchen and Kuchel meant that uh, they were untouchable or, or Sikirchen were untouchable, at least after that result. Uh, no matter, you know, it didn't matter that we won 4-1. The league title was was out of our grasp at that point. Yes, but uh, I think on the balance of play, when you look back at this season, you have to say, especially in the spring, uh, Pinsgau have not had the consistency to really merit that top spot. Uh, looking back over the results, you see sort of a defeat, draw, win, win, draw, loss. You know, it's, it's kind of been one of those springs. And I think... Uh, 
even to, to be within touching distance towards the end was quite surprising for me because I just felt that it was never really realistic in the final weeks. It just, especially with that away form, one win uh, out of 17 on the road this season is just a pretty abysmal record. And um, I just never really felt that we were going to challenge right at the top. No, I'm surprised we were hanging in there for so long, actually. It's a, a sort of an indictment of everybody else's away form, too, that we were still theoretically or mathematically in with a chance until very, very late on. Um, it wasn't to be, though, we killed Bischoff's Hoffman's hopes as well, because actually for a little while, with their game in hand, um, they looked like they could be the, the, the outside bet to take the title. Had they beaten Pinsgau and then won their game in hand, they, uh, they actually would have been able to win the title themselves. But... It wasn't to be for either Pinsgau or Bischofsoffen. And uh, as he said, just one win away from home all season. We had the chance to double that to get 100% extra away wins with our final game against lowly Anif, ninth out of 10, um, or seventh out of eight now uh, with the top two removed, as it were. Really struggling. And uh, of course, though, when you go away, it's not easy, is it? No, it's not. But for me, it's one of the great mysteries of football, having observed the Regionalliga Salzburg over the, the past year, especially, to see how playing on a different pitch can suddenly seem to radically transform your your fortunes. And having seen Pinsgall play the way they did against Bischofsoffen uh, a week earlier and knowing what they can do, it was, again, incredibly frustrating to see that kind of not be replicated just because it's a different pitch with different fans. I don't really know what else to put it down to uh, because they usually, with a bar a few exceptions, are so solid at home and away, it just all seems to, to fall away. And the same kind of frustration as, you know, falling behind to an early goal, then getting back into the game, but immediately conceding again um, and leaving themselves all to do at the end, which they ultimately did manage to, but... I don't understand how the form goes from one performance like that at home to another away. So we played Bischofshofen at home, you know, obviously Bischofshofen, as we said, on great form, really one of the best teams in the league when we played them. And then we went to Anif, uh, who were second bottom, really struggling and made them look like champions, which we do a lot when we play away. And this reminded me, this game, so the final away game, it finished Anif 3, Pinsgau 3, just to be clear. And it really reminded me of the game against Grudig from much earlier, you know, a, a year and a bit ago, when we also scored really late to draw 3-3, where it's like you take away with that result a lot of excitement and, and a lot of positive energy but also a big feeling of disappointment as well because in the first place you shouldn't have to bail yourself out um, in injury time to grab a point against a team who are all the way down there and I think that's that's been a, a huge uh, thorn in Pinscale's side this season it's, it's not a good sign really when you just can't play football away from home it doesn't really matter that no one else can I know we'll talk about some of the other teams later but Sankt Johan who went on to do very well in the end in the elite Liga they won that you know they won the, the Salzburger Landesmeisterschaft uh, as it were so they're like the, the champions of Salzburg they did best in this league and they did best also then from the Salzburg teams in the elite league and they did that on the basis of basically being a good away team they actually weren't that good at home but you know, when you can play football properly, when your tactics are working properly, it doesn't matter where you are. Obviously, there's a small advantage to playing at home, but it shouldn't make that much of a difference. And as you said, suddenly, you know, we didn't have a stream for this one, but 
the inevitability of the the messages rolling in and the, the news coming from Anif that we're one nil down, two nil down, three one down. You know, it's uh, it's happened before this season a lot, and it's sort of inevitable. We knew it was going to happen. What we didn't know was going to happen was that from three one down in the second half, a lot of Pinsgau drama would happen, and it would be quite positive drama. Yeah, first getting back into the game at 3-2. Um, but then obviously there was no news for, for quite some time until suddenly, with the very last kick of the game, the game deep into stoppage time, four minutes in, Tamash Tandari, one goal away from beating his personal record for a season at FCPS. And suddenly it happens, the 94th minute, a penalty. Tamash has beaten his record, he's rescued us, we've got a point on the road. And uh, a sigh of relief can be breathed in what was Christian Zieger's last uh, game in charge as head coach. Yes, and also a penalty save from Kilian Schrucker in there as well somewhere. What drama in Anif? Yeah, I mean, Kilian's just been brilliant all season. He, you know, he he, he let your penalties in when we did the challenge. Tom <laughs> and I did a penalty challenge. We wanted to, to go up against an established goalkeeper and Kilian sort of kindly rolled over to let Tom's penalties go in. But... None of that in the competitive games. Oh, I can't let that go, Lee. I buried those penalties and you know it. I, I buried them and you know it. There was no rolling over there. What happened to yours? Tell, tell our dear listeners what happened to yours. Well, you, you clocked that Killian was letting them go in. So you just got it on target. I tried to beat him thinking he was going to try and, and, and ended up skying it over the bar. Ah, uh, so, a sob story in the reign of South Eldon. But uh, I went one better than the Anif centre forward, at least by, by scoring my penalty past Kilian Schrucker. But anyway, yes, after all that drama, after all the dust settled, it was a home win to finish off the, uh, the home season and an away draw against Anif. Uh, at least a lovely note then to finish on that the last kick of the season was Tandari breaking his club record with, what was it, 31 goals for the season? Just amazing. Yeah, I think 24 in the league, 31 in all competitions. He scored in every round of the cup that we're in as well, including five in, in one game against uh, Schwarzach. And the record actually is is even more remarkable because the, the previous best he had of 30 goals in a season back in uh, 2013 to 14 was in the Salzburger Liga, which is the fourth tier. So he's, he's, he's done that uh, at the age of 34. Up in the up in the third tier, so really remarkable. And uh, you know, just to give you an indication of how important he's been this season across the Landers Cup, the Stiegel Landers Cup, and the league, he scored over forty percent of Pinsgau's goals. Um, which you know, it tells you a lot. It tells you that perhaps <laughs> perhaps there's a bit of an over reliance on him, but that he's still got it. He can still cut it as well. It's another bittersweet one for me, Lee. I'm going to be honest because when you've got the best or at least you know one of the top two or three best center forwards in the division you should be building on that this is what every manager would want at this level we've seen it time and time again when I'm doing my research for the games it's like oh top scorer for us Tandari with 24 top scorer for them uh, somebody with six or with seven and then inevitably in the game Tandari might get a couple but the guy with six and seven will get a couple as well and you know that's that's held us back and it frustrates me that we've not been able to build on, on having sort of uh, a weapon that, that is so crucial to a, to a league title winning campaign. Yeah, I mean, the stats bear that out as well. When you look at the the Abstiegsgrunde, the table for, for spring onwards, of the eight teams in there, uh, Pinsgau scored the most goals, 64, and conceded 43, which was the second best defensive record. So, you know, they've got the goal scorer and they're not necessarily conceding that many goals, but somehow they just don't seem to be able to to get the results. Quite a lot of home defeats in spring, but generally in the first half of the season, lots of draws. 
and to have a player of that ilk of that quality there to, to to bring you that return and to still not be able to make the most of that is somehow mystifying and frustrating in equal measure I think looking ahead to next season then Alexander Schriebel of course is coming in uh, Christian Zieger is uh, stepping back from the dugout to become just the sporting director I say just in inverted commas but uh, he's Relieved of his managerial duties, he's going to be the sporting director instead and focus fully on that, uh, which should give him you know, a lot of leeway to get more things done off the pitch. We've made some new signings. Presumably, there's going to be some players on the way out as well. Obviously, if you keep on our social media channels at FC Pinscout or at FCPSEN, we'll tell you about who's coming in, who's going out. But already, there have been quite a few signings. We've got a new manager. What are you looking forward to on the, on the staff side of things for next year? Well, I'm looking forward to seeing what kind of uh, style of football Schriebel will try and impose because I feel like Pinsgau at the moment don't necessarily have a distinct playing style. You know, they've got some good players, they've got some some good fullbacks, a, a prolific centre forward as we've discussed, discussed. But if I had to put my finger on how do Pinsgau play, I think it, it changes week week to week. Um, so I'm looking forward to seeing if he tries to introduce an identifiable brand of football. And I'm looking forward to seeing well, we've got five new signings so far at the time of, of recording. And I'm looking forward to seeing some of these young players because the emphasis on, on young there, there's some, some very, very young players coming in. I'm looking forward to, to seeing what support they can offer Tandari as well because they are mostly attacking players or attacking midfielders. Uh, all bar, I think, uh, Philip Zentmeyer, who's more uh, a defensive or, or, or holding midfielder. So, He's yeah, got a Hungarian reinforcement with uh, Marcel Tort. Is he 16? Did I read that right? That, that Marcel is 16 years old. That's incredibly young. Yeah, apparently uh, 16 foot tall, um, based on the the, pic- the pictures we have of him. He's come from uh, Buda FC, who play in uh, Budapest in Hungary. And uh, he's quite exciting because we don't, we don't have this too often at, at regional Liga level, but he is being monitored by the Hungarian under-18 team. Um, so a potential youth international there, which is, um, which is exciting. And, um, you know, I think it seems like quite a, quite a solid plan. He said, we made a conscious decision to come to Austria for the next step of, of my career. And if you think about it, it's, it's not that far from home. He's not in entirely different surroundings. He has, uh, you know, the, the likes of, of Ziga and Schriebel to learn from. And he's moving up to a league where his visibility is so increased. Uh, Austria is the eighth strongest domestic uh, Football League, uh, the country is ranked eighth in the UEFA coefficient compared to Hungary at 27th. So he's just playing at, instantly at a higher level and, and probably with more exposure as well. Um, so I think the move move makes a lot of sense for him. Shout out to Gabriel Francisco da, Lima, da Silva Lima, 19 years of age, because um, Mr. Lima has uh, credited the FC Pinsgau social media channels as as one of the influencing factors i'm not going to say it's the the only factor but he said that was a bit of an influencing factor in his decision to join fc pinsgau so i like that a lot yeah he's been keeping an eye on 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 the the twitter antics that the facebook musings and uh, and the instagram pics and decided i want a bit of that which is which is nice hopefully we'll have him heavily featured on our on our social channels maybe with a, a pod interview language skills pending uh, or dependent rather um uh, in the new season yeah, but it's obviously, it's a little sign, you know, our visibility compared to other clubs in the league. It might not have been a perfect season on the field, but, uh, you know, our visibility off the field is uh, is at least, it's clear, it's resonating with, with certain people. And if it's resonating with players, then that's, that's really nice. Um, elsewhere, I'm looking at 
Benjamin Hutter and David Hutter, who are coming back to to Pinsgau as well. Brothers, right? Yeah, twin brothers who came through the ranks uh, at FC Pinsgau and they've gone their separate ways. Uh, Benjamin Hutter's studies have taken him to Berlin where he's he's just finished, I think, a, a business graduate and he's returning back home to Southelden now. And uh, David Hutter, who spent three seasons at Anif and actually played against Pinsgau on the final day of the season against his future employers. There was no, he's joining the opposition, we won't play him today from the Anif coach. So... Looking forward to seeing both of those. According to Ziga, um, David Hutter is a tough tackler with a good range of passing. His brother Benjamin is a, a quick thinker and a hard runner. So some, some midfield workhorses with, uh, with good footwork, I think, is what we can expect from, from those two next season. Exciting stuff. So what you know, Alexander Schriebel has got to work with is going to be... It's, it's increasing a lot. We've got five new signings already, as you said. I, I like this proactiveness. It's early on in the in the summer break. There's still more time. Obviously, people need to go away and have a bit of a holiday, but there's still more time to to sort of make some more uh, wheeling and dealing, as it were. There's going to be some players who leave. There's going to be some some more cover coming in. There's hopefully going to be some more exciting players coming in. But uh, even if there aren't, we've already done quite a lot, and I think that's that speaks to me as a good sign. You know, plans are being put in place for next season for sure. Yeah, and it seems from some of the information that we have coming from the club that these are players that were specifically targeted and identified as well. So it seems like FCPS have got a lot of the the transfers on their wish list done, completed, um, which is always a positive. I think it's interesting to see that the signings so far seem to be skewed quite in favour of uh, attacking players. You have the uh, the Brazilian lad with the, the long name, Gabriel Francisco da Silva Lima, who, um, you know, he's, he's a, a centre-forward, 15 goals for... Um, FC Antering in the fifth tier last season. You've got um, Benjamin and David Hutter, who you know like to get forward as well, and and Marcel Tot, who is a an attacking player. So I don't know what's going to happen yet in terms of defensive reinforcements, but you can probably expect that the attacking the attacking signings have, have been done now. There's quite a few of those, as you said, Lee. Really looking forward to seeing what Alexander Schriebel can do. Uh, with the players who stay and with the new players who've come in, but it's going to be exciting at the start of next season. And it's going to come around ever so quickly, I know. But for the season just gone, let's look back on that again. It finished with Pinscout in fourth place. You know, the top two had already moved on to the elite league. So then we were top of the rest of the league. You know, you can still, you still win some honours for that, as it were. There was no promotion at stake, but still we wanted to top that league. As you mentioned, you know, our defence was one of the best. The strikers were the best in terms of goals scored. Our goal difference was the best by quite a long way. And yet we dropped from first at the start of the spring to fourth at the end. Bischoff's often used their game in hand to pip us at the end, even though we beat them 4-1. They moved ahead of us in total points. They finished on 35. Pinskow finished on 34. Kuchel were in second on 36. And Sikirchen won the title with 40. Uh, the sort of honorary title, I suppose. Uh, like I say, there are some honours for winning that league, but um, given that the, the playoffs had already happened sort of above that, you don't really win the league. But um, I can't mask my disappointment that Pinscow finished all the way down in fourth after after missing out just on the playoffs. And we thought, you know, when the playoffs were decided, obviously two teams went up to the playoffs. Pinscow were sort of third in that battle for two teams. But those top three were they, they looked to be a step ahead of the rest of the field and Pinsgau were the unlucky ones not to go to the playoff. So then to be swallowed up by the rest of the field and just to drop off so much in spring, um, 
that it's not good is it no i can only echo what you said there i think we've seen some truly magnificent performances this season as well where uh, Pinsgau have been head and shoulders above their opponents. I'm thinking of the the seven nil against Danif. I'm thinking of the the five one against Sikirshan, the four one against Bischofsofen that we've discussed on this podcast. And when you see the dominance in those games, the superiority, it does somehow make you marvel at how results in other games have been either so close or the performances have been really quite poor. So I think consist- inconsistency is the key word of the season for me. And just to to perhaps, you know, throw that into sharp relief with a stat, the the points average from our league games this season was 1.53, which is, you know, almost half of what's available. And when you compare that to 2.33 in the uh, pre-pandemic season when when, um, Pinsgau were pushing for promotion, that's obviously a sharp contrast. And I think it tells you that, you know, the consistency just has not been there. It hasn't. Um, I guess to look at it from the positive side, we've got the weapons to be as good as anyone in the league. We've proven that time and time again this season. But, you know, it's the consistency that's missing. If we can add that, there will be reasons to be very hopeful for next season. I'm just going to take a look up to the elite league playoffs. So as we know, there's three leagues in the east of Austria. The Salzburg Regional League is one of those. There's three at the same level. It's very complicated, but most of you know this by now. The three at the same level, the top two from each of those leagues moved up to the Elite League playoff. That's six of the best teams from the east of Austria, all playing, uh, sorry, from the, the west of Austria, um, all playing for one promotion spot for the west. So the Elite Western League was won then by Schwarz, which is near Innsbruck. Um, and I was worried as well for a while because Austria Salzburg and St. Johann were quite, they, they were struggling, shall we say, in that six team playoff. And I thought that's not a good sign in terms of how the Salzburg Region League stacks up quality wise against the other two teams in the West, um, the two leagues in the West, sorry. But in the end, actually, Schwarz won the league with 25 points at a canter. So they took, you know, that, that's a, a very, very good result. But St. Johann ended that playoff in second. So that's why they were the Salzburg Meister in a way. They were the, the Salzburg League winners overall. But Austria Salzburg ended up with the, you know, the the best form at the end of the season. They won all four of their last four games and they shot up into third place. So actually in the end, St. Johan and Salzburg from our league ended up representing the league very well in that uh, elite league playoff. But we got a question about what the league is going to look like next season. And I believe it will be exactly the same teams because Schwarz won that playoff. So Schwarz take the promotion spot. They weren't from the Salzburg Regional League anyway. Therefore, it should be again the same 10 teams uh, starting the Salzburg Regional League next season, which is not the most exciting thing, unfortunately, is it? No, it does feel like the same names are cropping up quite often, especially because the season is so condensed. We have that, what is it, three or four month winter break. Um, and so when we are in season and you've got games every four or five days or whatever it is, it does feel like you're playing certain teams every 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 month or so. And in the, ca- in the case of Esfel Kuku, three times in a week, um, I think it would be nice to have a little bit more variety. And I know that the season afterwards, we are expected to have a bit more variety. So I'll, I'll let you give the lowdown on the format. Yes, I didn't do a very good job of explaining the Elite League playoff, but most of you know what that is already, that that Western playoff league. So, you know, congratulations have to go to St. Johan because they were the, the top team in Salzburg, finishing second in that. But yes, as you alluded to there, Lee, there is a change up again in format for the season after next. So next season, we do have the same 10 teams. 
not the most exciting, but there will be a lot to play for next season because the season after next, we're going back to the classic uh, classic regional league system. So in Austria, there's uh, a regional league for the central region, there's a regional league for the east, and there's a regional league for the west. And it's been the west where Salzburg is that's been really complicated with this league that Salzburg, uh, the, the Pinskau have been in for the last few years. So they're going back to the classic regional league format, which is a 16 team league, which sounds great to me. And, you know, 15 opponents, like lots of, lots of different, uh, different kits, different teams, different players each week. And that will be happening the season after next, but Pinskau would have to stay in the top four for next season because they're, they're building this 16 team league from three leagues currently. So if Pinskau are in the top four, they will be, eligible to take their place in the Western Regional League after that. But the top four from the other two leagues will go into that as well. And presumably four other teams will be promoted to uh, to make up the 16. So in a sense, it means finishing fifth or below next season will it will be relegation. It won't it won't be called relegation, but that's sort of what it will be because the the Western Regional League will be this third tier league that Pinskow are in now. Um, and if we're not in the top four, we will miss out on a place in that for for the season after next, which that must be, you know, at least it gives us a, a clear minimum goal for the beginning of the season, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. It does, uh, you know, cast the league in a different light when you have to finish in the top four to stay in the division. Uh, I think that's going to make it a bit interesting. But based on the new manager coming in and uh, some new signings, which I think are genuinely really exciting, my aim would would be you know a top two finish next season and I know that we have some issues to sort out on the pitch the consistency of some of the performances the away form but just if a few little tweaks can 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 bring the best out of this group of players then uh, I would I would like to think top two rather than top four but of course as you say Tom top four being a minimum objective then. Yeah, so top two would seal the deal anyway, because this playoff, the Elite League playoff, is going to happen again next season. So top two would send us to the Elite League playoff. It would mean, of course, we're guaranteed to stay within the top four in our little bracket in Salzburg. So that would be enough to to reach the Regional League West for the season after. Um, that would seal it with the playoffs. It would give us a chance at promotion as well. So, you know, the, the same system as this year will repeat next season. But uh, then if we do go down into the, the league that we've just been playing in this spring, we would need to finish that in the top two. So it's incredibly complicated, but we will keep you informed of all that during the season. Lee, your goal's the easiest one. Just get in the top two and then it's all sorted, isn't it? We don't need to worry about any of that. Yeah, I think easier said than done as this season has showed. But I do think that, that this season has... Uh, or at least this close season has a feeling of change in the air. You know, new, as, as we said, new manager, new players, potentially some new ideas. Christian Zieger focusing solely on his role as a sporting director. Um, obviously, it remains to be seen how some of the other competitors in the league are going to strengthen, if at all. You know, we've we've seen a very good St. Johann's side this year, an Austria-Salzburg side that are always difficult to face as well and in form at the end of the season. Will they bring in anyone new? Um, so it's going to be interesting to see how it shapes up. And unfortunately, the summer break is short, so we, we don't have long to wait. That is true. So yes, St. Johan will be joining the league again. Austria Salzburg will be rejoining the league again. Um, but in that short summer break, watch out for some friendlies because South Eldon has traditionally been a place where big teams come to train and uh, some big teams play friendlies. Hopefully FC Pinsgau will be able to have some glamour friendlies as well. 
I mean, I'm sure most of you will remember our game against Marseille a couple of years ago. So even if it's not at the Saalfelden Arena, watch out for some more of those. We'll keep you informed with all of those on social media. But um, is there anything else you're you're looking forward to in the in the summer in particularly? Oh, I think we've we've pretty much covered it all in detail. I'm just already looking forward to starting the new season. Of course, a bit of rest after the the frantic spring season is nice, but I'm looking forward to, to seeing that change and and that potential as soon as possible. I hope we can hit the ground running. Is that going to come back already as soon as August or is it September? It's August, September, isn't it? I think, uh, well, if it's anything like it was uh, this this season just ended, the last, fi- I think the first fixture was the 23rd of July because I remember watching that, what, listening to you commentate on that on a uh, small mobile phone screen from an Italian hotel and that was uh, at the tail end of July. So it, it should be an early one. July. Wow. Oh, there's no, no rest for the wicked, eh? All right, then. Well, enjoy your very short summer break before we're back in July. Yes, I think you're right. The end of July, you know, then it's a, a very busy period before the winter break. So hopefully we'll look out for more signings. We'll look out for more uh, announcements of uh, friendly games and exciting games coming up in this very short break for Pinscal. Take a break yourselves. Enjoy the summer. We're going to do that too. And we'll see you next season on the FCPS show. Thanks for listening. This has been the FCPS show. It's recorded, produced and edited in Vienna, Austria for FC Pinskau Saalfelden. And if you're interested to find out more about Europe's unique fan-owned club model, then why don't you head on over to wefunder.com forward slash fan.owned.club and find out everything that you need to know about this incredible opportunity to become a part owner of a European soccer club.